0: Hello and welcome to The Mock Review with Ben and Drew. I'm Drew Evans. And I'm Ben Garmo. So it is that time we have finished the third week of regionals. And today on the podcast, we are very fortunate to have with us two guests from Florida International University. We have Bruno LeMay and Gabby Pinzon. They are both joining us, and we are really excited to get to speak with both of them. Uh, They have started Florida International's mock trial program just two years ago, where they managed to make it all the way to orcs on an open bid. They both, Bruno and Gabby, managed to win all region attorney awards last year, which is very impressive in their very first year. And this year, they have just recently gotten a bid out of the massive and extremely difficult Orlando regionals. And we're excited to hear from them about how it went. So, Gabby, Bruno, we're so excited to have you guys on.
1: Thank you so much. We're really excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, as when we've done having two guests on in the past, we're going to try and I'll direct a question to one of you, and then we'll get the answer from one, and then we'll hear from the other. So, let me just start, Gabby. What is the origin story? How did you get started in mock trial?
1: Um, I guess I ha- I started pretty pretty late. Um, I started as as a junior in college, um, I started with Phi Alpha Delta, which, if you're not familiar with, is a professional pre law fraternity. They had a small, like, mock trial competition that I had the opportunity to compete in. So I joined that team the summer before my third year of college. And the program itself was pretty, pretty small. The team itself was small. I think there was maybe like six of us. Um, and I guess you could say that we had a coach, uh, but he didn't really, he didn't really teach much. So I was really kind of on my own. And at that point I had met, um, one of my, my dear friends now, Dane Pennerman, who is now, uh, who helped us start our answer program last year. Um, and he kind of took me under his wing and, and taught me everything, everything that I, that I knew up until that point. Uh, then I met Bruno. Bruno came to FIU that year, and he also took me under his wing. And later, we ended up starting the program at FIU, and the rest is kind of history. It's a really short, short origin story because I haven't been doing it for long, but um, it's been wild and and a really great experience so far.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, Bruno, you're up. Uh, yeah. Well, I
2: I um originally started doing mock trial. Halfway through my freshman year of college at the University of Florida, Um, I was a biomedical engineering major when I started there and then was kind of, didn't feel like that was the path for me. Um, Very quickly realized that I hated chemistry. So (laughs) I uh, was looking for an activity to do and I have a theater background in high school And kind of stumbled upon the mock trial team, got coffee with the then president, Virginia Stanton, who's at Wake Law now. And and she introduced me to it. I went to a practice and their D team needed a witness. So I joined and... That first year, I um I won a, a witness award at regionals. I think it was 2015, and stayed with the team as a witness during the next year. And then I took a year off of school, and then transferred to FIU, where I met Gabriella and Dane, and we kind of came together um, after after asking one of our professors, rock star attorney, uh assistant professor who also did AMTA back in her day, um, to help coach us and we got the program started and, you know, the rest is history.
3: Well let's talk a little bit about that history. Uh, so you guys you you both come to FIU and you start this program uh and it's sort of a you know a brand new program. How did you guys approach um building the program how do you approach running the program my understanding is that you guys are largely student run but it sounds like you have someone who's helping you out on the on the faculty side so what's the system that you guys use to run your program and Bruno let's start with you but obviously both of you you know feel free to chime in with whatever information you've got
2: sure um so the way that we do it is we are a student organization on campus and so we're open to anyone. We decided – I I copied a lot of the model that I saw at UF in my time there In when we were kind of brainstorming how to get the team together. So we host an information session at the beginning of each year. And with that information, we release the case packet to um, – the people available to, to anyone who wants to try out, if they sign up at the information session, we host the tryouts and our coach pulls in other local attorneys to um, help coach our team and they make their decisions on teams then for the fall and the fall decisions. I mean, it's all very new. So we had sort of an unstacked team in the fall, like unstacked teams in the fall, but, um, but the way that it worked out was that only one team ended up going to we only went to two invitationals and last year we hadn't gone to any because we didn't have access to the case until around December so it was it was a it was kind of like last year was a little bit of a mess and then we got the people in interested cuz from our circle of friends we knew a lot of people who were pre-law and were sort of able to uh, muster together a team in that regard, and then this year, um, after our success last year, we were able to get a, a bit more organized and kind of have a more formal tryout process, which is how we had two teams um, come into existence. And why we why and our coaching staff is phenomenal. It's our coach she she makes the the coaching decisions, so team placements and stuff like that, but. Um, there is a huge student component to it, but we aren't um just student led.
1: Our first year, last year, I think was was particularly uh, rough in that trying to to get a team together and having no idea what you're doing was was really hard. Luckily, we had Bruno who came from UF, who was able to explain you know the whole process to us because none of us really had any experience with uh, AMT or anything. Um, so. It was really interesting last year in that, you know, as a, as a a new organization, we weren't recognized under FIU. Everything that we did was really based on like, based off our, our own grind. Like we were, you know, fundraising our own money, trying to, trying to get to, you know, where we wanted to go. And because we were one team, practicing was really hard. I remember we would scrimmage like against ourselves in that, you know, most of us, one team, we were all made up, uh, We all made up, like, both sides of the case, so a lot of us, you know, had two roles. So I remember, you know, playing the defendant last year as a witness, and but I also crossed the defendant on the prosecution. So I remember, like, being directed on the stand and then, like, being in character and out of nowhere just, like, standing up on the witness stand, like, objecting to myself. Um, So that, you know really humble beginnings uh, but I'm, I'm glad to say now that we have two teams now so so we don't have to do that anymore
3: well with those humble beginnings though you know there are a lot of programs around the country who start from humble beginnings and I would I would suppose to say the vast majority of them don't go five and three at their first regional and get an open bid to orcs so Gabby let me stick with you. What do you think it was, uh, and you guys have alluded to it a little bit so far, but what do you think it was that made you guys be able to, in, in your first year as a program, step up and grab those five wins so you could move on to Orcs?
1: Man, uh, it, it was it was really wild. Um, first, I, Bruno mentioned it uh, a little bit earlier, but we had started incredibly late. We had started like at the beginning of December. And again, as as like a group of kids that had no idea uh, what they were doing, um, you know, it, it was really scary going into regionals. But I will say, I think what really led to our success was is, is our incredible coaching staff. Um, our coaching staff is led by Professor Kristen Corpian uh, at FIU, and, and she brings in lawyers all the time who make up our coaching staff, and they kind of just took us and and molded us into what they wanted us to be and. And I think the group of people that we have on our team right now, um, I'm sure just like a bunch of, you know, other kids at other programs are just really dedicated to, to what they do to the program and constantly putting hours in. And I think that's ultimately what led to our success, a combination of, you know, we really wanted it. We really wanted to be a first year team that that got to nationals. Unfortunately, that didn't happen last year, but that was ultimately the goal. And so that, combined with an incredible coaching staff, um, I think that's what what led to our success.
0: So one of the things that I noticed when I have been, you know, paying attention to the open bid list last year was that this. Small school in Florida was traveling all the way up to Wilmington for orcs. And then just this year, you guys traveled up to Fordham for one of their invitationals. And that's a lot of travel for a pretty young program. So what type of support have you guys been getting from your school? And beyond just the support, do you think that that has helped? Do you think that you've noticed differences between the Northeastern tournaments that you've attended? Have you learned from them? You know, How how have those benefited you to get to see such uh, different parts of the country?
2: Um, like Abby said, last year it was really a grind on two fronts because we were kind of starting this program out of nowhere and just figuring out as we went while also, you know, putting in the incredible amount of work that it took to to try and achieve the goals that we had for ourselves as a first-year program. So it was – last year it was like I did not sleep um, and – Most of my time and of our time was consumed with something related to mock trial, even if it wasn't mock trial itself. Fortunately, once we um, got our bid uh, last year, we were able to kind of reach out to our college, to the colleges at our university and have a little bit of leverage, like showing like, hey, we've got potential. We worked really hard for this result. And we are gracious enough now to say that the Honors College here at FIU is now sponsoring us. And so we were able to receive a lot of incredible support from them. And so last year, our trip to to orcs at wilmington that was funded by the honors college and by our student government in part so we're incredibly grateful for that and our trip to uh regionals this year is being all completely funded by them in our competitive season now fordham is was a little different because as a new program, explaining the value of invitationals it's something that might take a little bit of time. And so our invitational season this year, we did a lot of fundraising to help help uh, fund those different trips. And we did have to pull some money out of pocket. so that wasn't completely funded but our our goal is to bring in some wins and bring in some success so that we can moving forward have you know our program funded we we also um uh, like we said our coach pulls in coaches different attorneys that work around here in the Miami area and so our our goal is to hopefully build a network with these different attorneys and coaches and see if we can pull funding from from donors and law firms in the area here, um, as kind of a way that they can support, you know, the next generation of future lawyers down here in Miami. So, do you
0: have anything to add, Gabby? What do you think that there was anything that was different about going up north? Was there anything that you guys took away from it?
1: Yeah, definitely. So this year was really cool in that we actually got to go to two Invitationals. Um, Like I said previously, last year, we didn't, our first competition was Regionals. Um, So this year, we were, we were lucky enough to get to go to two Invitationals. We went to uh, USF, and then we were originally going to go to Stetson's Invitational, but something ended up happening that it fell through. So our coach reached out to a bunch of Northeast schools that were holding invitationals just to see if they had any space for us. And luckily, Fordham replied. And we were just so lucky to be able to go to Fordham. I think it is a lot different, at least. I mean, again, I don't have that much experience. But from what I've seen, I think the Northeast tournament was a lot different than, say, you know, the USF tournament or even like our regionals. Um, I have nothing to complain about with Fordham. I thought it was an incredibly well-run tournament, particularly uh, the judges that they were able to pull. I feel like, um, you know, in the short <laughs> in the short time that I've been doing this, sometimes you know these judges that you get aren't aren't the best. <laughs> but I have I have no complaints about Fordham. That the judges that they pulled were were incredible. And just a really well-run tournament. And I feel like we were able to learn a lot from that tournament, considering that um, quite a few of the teams that went are definitely teams that, that get bids to orcs. So I think the level of competition was also higher than, than we're used to normally, at least with our experience with regionals this year and last year. You know, all the teams will hit will be okay, and we'll hit one team that's really good. Whereas at Fordham, um, they were all pretty great. So it was It was a really great experience.
0: So one of the things that uh, you've both explained is that uh, you're both seniors, to my understanding, in the program right now. But you are going to both be returning next year as fifth years to the program, which is a really, really great benefit for you guys, obviously, to be able to return. But your program has grown from just one team in its first year to now two teams um, in its second year. And, you know, how did you guys drum up the interest for that? You know, what's the sustainability like for the program? Is there a a plan in place? Obviously, you've mentioned a couple of times you guys have a coach and that makes the transition a lot easier. But one thing that I can say from personal experience, one of the hardest things about starting a new program is when those initial founders leave, making sure that a lot of what they've tried to instill kind of stays with the program.
2: Yeah, we we had... I think, especially Gabby and I, since we took on together kind of a shared vision as the senior executives this year um, of wanting to not only bring in success for this program, but growth. We wanted this to be a program that served as many students as, as we could serve possible and well. So what that looked like to us was at least more than one team and our efforts on the recruiting end from that front. Um, in large part came f- a lot from word of mouth, uh, from our success that we had. And it was like friends of friends and them sharing the information. And on top of that, we did a lot of recruiting over the summer. They have kind of freshman orientations that go on and we, we campaigned pretty hard there, did a little bit of tabling to get the information and the word out. And all of that helped. Um, I think we might we might look into having a dedicated role on our executive board moving forward as a as a recruitment chair so that we have a more i would say concentrated effort on growing our team not just in in quantity but in quality too uh we want to make sure that we're pulling the best people that Florida International has to offer. I don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but our Model UN team is actually the second ranked team in the country. So there are definitely talented people interested in forensic activity uh, at at FIU, and so I think for us, our goal is just to be able to target those people moving forward and uh, get them to join our team. Gabby,
3: you agree with all of that?
1: Yeah, I I agree with all that. I think uh we're doing our best but at the same time as a new program, we're also we're kind of playing things by ear, just doing our best with uh with the people that we get and and so far the people on our team are are truly incredible and I think we're really we're really blessed with the team that we have this year.
3: Well, along those lines, I want to talk about uh this year and what those incredible people, including the two of you accomplished because as we've already discussed, you went Five and three and grabbed an open bid last year. But this year, you know, you guys upped the ante and you went five and three and you grabbed an earned bid. Uh, We were looking at the tab summary and you guys swept uh, Georgia College and and University and you swept UCF. And then you also split with Furman to grab your five wins. So, Gabby, let me stay with you. Um, And I I sort of have a a two part question, which I've been accused of asking a lot of those before, (laughs) but oh well. Um, So going into a regional of this size and with this much talent, how are you guys approaching it? And then just how satisfying was it? Obviously, look, at open bids are awesome, right? But nobody hands you a trophy. Uh, but, you know, an earned bid, like somebody hands you a trophy and it's just, it's really exciting. And so how satisfying was it in just your second year to beginning an earned bid out of such a difficult regional?
1: Oh, man, it felt so good. We were so nervous going going into the weekend the goal and and i'm sure just like other teams you know you're you're aiming for the stars Go, going into regionals our mentality was 8 and 0 like that's what we wanted um that didn't happen we started off strong uh the first day uh the second day we hit fsu and and got swept and they have just such an incredible team um and it was probably the best round i think that we've ever ever had um so going into round four against Furman and it's I guess it's important to mention that we fly blind uh at at regionals just because we have a, a mentality where it it doesn't matter uh how we're doing because not how we're doing let me let me not put it that way um we've had experiences where knowing our record has affected us in round and so we because of that, uh, in the past, we we fly blind. Um, but both me, Bruno, and uh, uh, the other attorney on our team, just saw Landry, and we we all knew going into round four what our record it was, even though, you know, no one explicitly told us. So going into round four was a a bit scary, um, just because it felt like for a moment that everything that happened last year was happening again. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and, and round four I will say was was a pretty interesting round to to say the least. But to be to to be able to make it uh to be able to go to to closing ceremonies and to hear our name called finally was, was incredible. Just cause there have been moments at like other tournaments where we felt like we were doing so well and then, you know, something would happen where we didn't get um, you know, both judges' bids or, or something like that and, and to Consistently go to to the closing ceremonies and not hear your name called over, you know, each and every time. Um, so it was incredibly satisfying to to go to regionals this time and to have what we did uh, be enough to get to get an earned bid.
3: Yeah, and Bruno, I imagine you agree with a lot of that. That it's got to be great to after all the hard work you've put in and and everything that you guys have put in to hear your name called at the end of the regional.
2: Oh, oh, it is. I, I was. My parents were there. I was crying like a little like a little baby, like. <laughs> it was it's just you know it's all that hard work coming to fruition and and that recognition really it does mean a lot and it is special um, and just to give you context for some of what Gabby was saying, last year, uh, you know, we just placed, we were just outside of the teams that placed for regionals. When we went to USF, there were 12 teams there and the top three placed. We came fourth at that tournament. When we went to Fordham, the top three teams placed and the fourth team got honorable mention. We came fifth at that tournament. And so it just seemed like we were always just on the outside looking in that our name was always Almost the one called a not. And and even at Fordham, um, we had split a great round one with Hamilton. They're a fantastic team. And Are we swept Hamilton, Bruno. Say that again? We swept Hamilton. I know. Uh, yeah, well, sorry, swept Hamilton. And they're a fantastic team. And they won out their schedule, and we went five and a half at Fordham. So they were that honorable mention fourth team. And so it, it always felt like, you know, we were right there, but like, and so it just really felt good at regionals to finally get that recognition. Um, it, it was really a, a special moment for for all of us.
0: It really is, and especially in a young program, it, it there's nothing more satisfying. So I cannot express my congrats enough to you guys. Uh, one thing I did want to follow up with, though, so Gabby, you kind of mentioned how Some of you knew your record going into the last round, and officially the team is blind. So, how did you guys make that decision? I mean, did you know exactly what your record was? Was it more of just an inkling, or what was the deal?
1: Um, (laughs) we're really good at at reading our coaches. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's really what it is, and and also, you know, I feel like when you're in round, especially once when you're in a round, it's it's kind of you can kind of tell. Sometimes I, I will admit there are some rounds where, you know, we came out and, you know, I went to Bruno and I was like, I honestly don't know. I felt like we were better, but I, I don't know. Maybe the judges preferred their style, you know, their, you know, material, you know, etc. cetera. Um, but going into, especially, so after the FSU round, the FSU round was in was just an incredibly close round and I knew that it was close and I knew that it could have gone either way. Um, in this case, they ended up sweeping us and we were never told, that we were swept but we kind of just knew <laughs> uh especially just you know coming we were having lunch and you know I saw my coach walk in and she looked a little stressed and I was like okay I was like for, for, and, and you know to be clear for me knowing our record doesn't affect me um it, it I don't know it just, it just for me it, it doesn't affect doesn't affect me but I actually prefer to know my to know the record but Just our school doesn't, and that's okay. Um, So, yeah, just going into round four, we we knew what had to be done, and we just tried our best and luckily pulled through. Well,
3: along those lines, uh, this year, you guys don't have to travel all the way up to Wilmington for Orcs, which I'm sure is something that you're both very pleased about. Uh, On the other hand, though, you have to go to the Georgia Orcs, uh, which is going to be uh, rather challenging, but it's got to be exciting uh, to have that earned bid in your hands and to be going to Orcs. So. Bruno, let's start with you. Uh, as we're looking forward, right, as we're looking forward to Orcs, how are you and how do you feel like the program is feeling as you guys in your second year now uh, head to Georgia and try to grab that bid to Philly?
2: In all honesty, we're we're feeling good. We feel like we have as good a chance as anyone to qualify. And the same way that our mentality going into regionals was to go 8-0, and I think we have that exact same mentality going into Orcs. I think – Our mentality as a team is because of the work we have put in and we're going to continue to put in before Orcs, there isn't a team you can put in front of me that I don't think I can beat, that Gabby doesn't think that she can beat, that Giselle or other co-counsel doesn't think that she can beat. I think on our best day, we all truly believe we can take on anyone in the country. We know that you know, we've put in the, the countless hours. And at that point, you know, we, we want to know, we want to walk away knowing that we've controlled everything that we can control. And obviously in mock trial, there are things you can't account for, you can't control, you can't change, but the things that are in our power, in our control, uh, you know, we, we go into every tournament knowing that we've done everything we could. Um, And I think that at the end of the day, that's, it's all you can ask of yourself, and that's all you can ask of your team, and I couldn't ask for a better group of people to do it with. Uh, we have a pretty lean team that's going to orcs. I think there's only six of us, and uh, I have full confidence in every single one of them and in myself that, you know, we can perform when it counts. So that's that's our mentality. We we relish being the underdog. I think Gabby will agree with me. And uh, it was, you know, it was fun to talk to uh, – we were talking to – um, some people from FSU who uh, if I can just say like they have the nicest team and the greatest people and not only are they really good at mock trial and I and I think they have a really good shot at being very successful this year but they just got some wonderful people on their team that are a pleasure to talk to and they were kind of telling us like yeah like when this all started they they were just in shock like they didn't understand who we were and why this round was Competitive, and I think we really enjoy that feeling and take it into every single round. And you know, just we're ready to hit anyone, and that's I think our mentality. Um, so it'll be nice to go to Decatur. Um, I my first ever regionals was in Decatur in 2015, back in February 2015, and that's where I won my first award and really. Found out that I loved the law and wanted to pursue it as a career, so it'll be nice coming full circle.
3: Yeah, I think that's a good mentality to take. Gabby, is, is that kind of how you're feeling too? As you guys head towards orcs?
1: Yeah, we're we're really excited. Um, I think it's important not to not to psych yourself out. It's it's easy to look at the list of teams and and the powerhouses like going to our orcs. Um, but we 're just we 're just focusing on what we 're doing and and just gonna do our best going in, but yeah, I, I agree with everything Bruno just said.
3: all right, well, we really appreciate you guys joining us uh It sounds like you guys have accomplished a tremendous amount in such a short deal and and I think that's something that a lot of people around the country can really admire and appreciate and there are many programs around the country who you know, have quick success, but to go to Orcs in your first two years as a program is really fantastic. So we appreciate both of you joining us. And again, congratulations on your success and best of luck at Orcs.
1: Thank you so much, guys.
2: Yeah, thank you. We, we appreciate you guys for having us on. Um, love the show and uh, glad to
0: be a part of it.
3: Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Welcome back to The Mock Review with Ben and Drew. So Drew, let's talk now about the last week of Regionals. After a long season and a number of different uh, interesting invitational results and interesting results from the first two weeks of Regionals, the Regionals season for 2019 is over. Uh, We had 11 regionals this past weekend. It was just a gigantic weekend of regionals across the country. Uh, And there were a ton of unranked and maybe unexpected teams that got through that we're going to talk about as we go through each of these regionals. Uh, So we've got our notes. We've gone through and tried to break down the uh, regionals as much as, you know, two guys who live on the East Coast can. (laughs) And, you know, let's let's start going through. So I am going to start in Buffalo. Uh, So Buffalo was actually a six-bid regional. They had um, 19 teams. Uh, I believe NYU B dropped out at the the last moment, and so I brought them from 20 to 19, which dropped them down to six bids. Their six bids in order uh, were NYU A, Fordham-Lincoln Center B, Fordham-Lincoln Center A, Syracuse A, Hamilton B, and Cornell C. Uh, and, and Drew, I think the only major, uh, surprise here aside from NYUB, you know, dropping out and, and we don't need to go into detail on that. I, you know, you hope just everything's going okay with their program, but, uh, Hamilton a, uh, not getting out in this situation was, was interesting. Hamilton's a, a strong program. Hamilton a is the 85th, uh, ranked team in the country uh they did go four and four with a 20 and a half cs so it looks like they had a tough path and their b team got out so they'll obviously be represented at orcs right but uh other than that I, I think you saw most of the teams that you would expect to get out of this regional get out
0: yeah i agree i mean to your point about hamilton again their b team made it out i think that a lot of the time when we're talking about oh a team b team obviously we we expect the a team to do better that's they're supposed to be ranked in such a way but When a B team makes it out over an A team, I don't normally get too up in arms over that. To me, they're probably fairly balanced teams. It's a strong program. I'm not tremendously surprised by that. I will say it it wasn't surprising, but it was definitely a big deal that Cornell C made it out. Um, oftentimes, C and D teams from some of these stronger programs are not actually playing for a bid. Um, Cornell's B team not making it out from State College before meant that their C team making it was a very big deal for Cornell to send two teams back to ORCS. So that's definitely big for them and changes the look of ISLIP a lot. Um, but uh, Lincoln Center getting two teams through, not surprising. And then, you know, NYU, as you said, I mean, their A team couldn't have put on much stronger of a showing if they tried. So definitely dispelling any doubt about any weaknesses with their program. They are looking like a team I don't want to be facing anytime soon.
3: Yeah, no, that, that's the thing. It's like you have to say the B team not going there, but you look like, their first round and they, they played a team in their first round. That's maybe not considered a traditional power, but in their first round alone, they managed to boost their point differential up above a hundred. So that should give you a sense of where NYU is at. Um, And I look like you said, no surprise NYU is NYU. um, And they're just, you know, I mean, you look at the names of this and you saw NYU and Lincoln center and Syracuse and Hamilton and Cornell, all programs that have had recent success and have done well. And you know, nobody I mean, Lincoln Center B looks like had a 12.5 CS, but that's totally respectable. So yep. I, yeah, th- there was just not a lot here that was surprising aside from Hamilton A, but obviously Hamilton's got a program going works.
0: And just because we've mentioned all the other teams, Syrac- Syracuse also made it out. Another team, not too surprising. They're strong. Great for them. Moving on a little bit to the West Coast, we have the Colorado Springs Regional, which while it has grown from last year and it is considered a a full regional like the rest, um, it was only a six-bid regional. Uh, The teams that made it out here were Air Force A, Arizona A, Fresno State A, Denver A, Grand Canyon A, and then Arizona B. Uh, I think similarly to what we said with Buffalo, This is about what we expected, not too many surprises. I don't think that many people had thought of GCU as being a very strong program, so really excited to see them emerging out of this regional. Um, This was definitely, I mean, it was just four A teams from the four strongest programs there making it out. I mean, that's what everyone expected, and then the top B team there was absolutely Arizona. I uh, don't think anything too crazy here. Ben, are you seeing anything else?
3: Yeah, I agree. And, and one thing I like to see in these small regionals, um, you worry sometimes that maybe like things can get a little weird and, and you know, sometimes noise can result in, in something happening. But if you look, the last team out, the sixth team out was Arizona B with five wins. And then the, the only honorable mention was Denver with four wins. And so when you have that clear break of a full ballot between your last team out and your, your last team and your first team out, it usually means um, on the surface, at least, that the teams that probably deserve to get out got out. Uh, and like you said, good good on Grand Canyon. You know they're unranked, so so I don't know what their long term past history is, uh, but at least in the last couple of years they haven't advanced. Um, so I mean, honestly, the, this I thought it was interesting that the CSs all ranged between ten and twenty point five, so you didn't have any crazy outliers, one side or the other. Uh, this seems like this was a regional that kind of went according to form, and and you know you had some strong programs, like you said. Uh, Programs. I mean, Air Force and Arizona going. You know, seven wins. Nobody went eight and zero. But you saw the teams rise to the top that you probably expected to rise to the top.
0: Right. I mean, the one thing that I, I will say about this, uh, Arizona last year went to this tournament and sent two teams through at eight and zero. I'm not scoffing at their record this year. Seven and one and five and three. Definitely, still got two teams too that's still very strong showing for them. Not quite the authoritative 16-0 and program-wide uh, showing they had last year, um, which I think is probably a good thing for the region. I, I don't think that it's a good look for programs to be overly dominant in regions, and hopefully it'll continue to be competitive and fun. Obviously, their A-team had an extremely high point differential, and I think that they're looking poised to make it back to nationals. Um, but uh definitely looks like this is a, a growing region, and it's exciting to see what was a a small mini regional last year, growing and f- becoming a full-on fledged regional.
3: Yeah, I I agree. Uh, so we stay sort of out on the west coast, uh, and we go to you know the Osei Ken UC regional uh, <laughs> over in Fresno. Uh, Fresno was a seven bid regional. And we had in order UC Santa Barbara A, Stanford B. Uh, the next five names start with UC, so I'm just going to say that the parts after UC uh, <laughs> you had Berkeley A uh davis b berkeley c davis a and san diego a uh another west coast regional that mostly held out to form i think the only unranked team on that list of seven is berkeley c and obviously they're unranked because they have to be because they're a c team uh but berkeley's a great program and so it's not shocking by any stretch of the imagination to see their c team uh not make it out uh there just wasn't anything here that I think particularly caught my eye. You agree?
0: I would say that the only thing that I would say caught my eye was again, UCLA's performance. performance. Um, UCLA. Uh, look, uh, we've, I've mentioned it on the last couple of weeks. This is a program that I normally, and this is unfair to expect this, but I expect five teams from UCLA to make it to works just out of, they are that good normally. And They've definitely struggled a little more this year. They they still have two teams through. I mean they're they're hitting their cap anyway. Uh, but um, at this tournament, I believe this was UCLA E. I could be wrong yeah. about that. That's uh, correct. UCLA E. Um, a very good showing. They had five wins. They actually tied the CS of UC San Diego, uh, and it came down to OCS, which. I got to say, when you're talking about tiebreakers, that's pretty far removed from your own team's performance. But uh, it just goes to note, I mean, it's definitely something that came up. UCLA is normally a team that if I see them at a regional, I normally expect to see them getting a bit out. Um, And definitely a bit surprising to not. But again, I mean, going back to the point I just made about Arizona, it's nice to see these becoming a little more competitive, you know. Having tournaments be decided by OCS shows that it's really, really close, and that there are a lot of teams vying for spots. And hopefully, it'll be that much closer again next year.
3: Yeah, I, I think all I'll say to that is, if my, you know, in, in if if I'm ever at a point where I'm defining having a down year by my e team missing out on uh, <laughs> orcs bid by OCS tiebreaker, uh, I hope somebody will check my temperature because i've gone crazy (laughs) forever agreeing to field an e team in the first place but i agree it it will be interesting to see how ucla does it works they're ucla so you know they're probably going to be in it come you know round four at nationals time but uh you know like you said there's been years in past where they've gotten five teams out and this isn't one of those years so just be curious to see uh if that's indicative of anything for future success. And then, because we've been noting a lot of them when it happens, uh, UC Santa Barbara coming out and go, going 8 0 with a CS of 15.5, So, very respectable uh, CS. You know, it's just interesting. They're strong program, and it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> the West Coast, you just have so many good programs, and they have to beat each other up at these regionals and orcs because of geography. So, it's hard to predict too much, but, you know, the good programs did what you expected them to do. Yeah,
0: for sure. Well, m- now we're moving to the, the I guess, the West Texas area. Uh, we're in Houston now. Uh, there were a total of eight bids at the Houston regionals, f- starting with Alabama A, then Baylor B, then Texas A, then St. Thomas B, then St. Thomas A, then Texas A&M A, then Houston Baptist A, and finally Alabama B. Uh, I think again this was a this has a couple more surprises. I think that you know texas a and m hasn't made it uh to orcs in a in a few years now, so they were a bit surprising to see on there. but it's good to uh see a rather larger institution pretty well known institution getting back um into the circuit um Saint Thomas has uh you know not sent their their b team through in a while, so that's great to see them coming back. Um, similarly, Baylor B was a team that – Baylor has been a really strong program for a while, and they haven't seen as much success recently as as people have come to expect. And seeing them show some of that depth and get their B team through with such a strong record is definitely good to see. Um, again, I, I don't think that there were a ton of huge surprises here. Um, ben, did, did you have any?
3: Uh, not a lot. I, I think the one thing that I would note is Rice A. Um, rice a is the 133rd ranked team in the country. Uh typically a pretty strong program. Uh they had they went 4 and 4 with a CS of 23. Uh they lost <sighs> their four ballots to Baylor and Texas A&M who both got out and those four ballot losses by were by a total of 10 points. Jeez. Uh which is just tough, you know, with so many mm-hmm. of these rounds turn mm-hmm. on one or two small things here and there and you never know what happened there. So that You know that that was interesting. Just when you see a team with that high of a CS and that tough of a schedule, not get through, you you feel for them. Uh, But you know, other than that, I mean, so Alabama has is an interesting team. They've kind of come on strong, and they went eight and zero with a CS of eighteen and a you know triple digit point differential. Baylor going seven and a half with a triple digit point differential. Uh, Neither of those are surprising, but they sort of rose to the top of the of the crop of a lot of good programs and then you know bama getting two teams out so i think nothing here was overly surprising to me uh but you know like you mentioned the teams you know a&m getting out was great st thomas b getting out was great uh so i think you're just seeing a lot of i guess sort of texas area programs getting stronger and that's this this area regional is just going to get tougher as things go on right and
0: uh i mean rice is a great program i I man, there've been so many regionals. I don't want to be wrong with this, but I think that rice B made it out. So I believe that they will still have a team going through. I want to fact check that to make sure that I'm right. But I do think that rice is sending someone to works. Um, and they're, they're definitely an up and coming program, but, uh, yeah, I mean, a 23 CS at four and four is, is always not what you want to see, but, uh, Definitely, you know a strong student. Yes, I just confirmed. Yes, Rice B had six wins at at the uh, at the Dallas Regional, so they will be sending a team through to Orcs. and uh, hopefully, that A team that had such a rough schedule will be able to be represented in some some way.
3: Yeah, that's good to know because they they clearly you know based on the success for their B team to go six and two, they probably deserved it. So we moved to Louisville. Uh, Louisville was a seven bid regional. Uh, And we had in order, we had Vanderbilt A, Rhodes B, UT Chattanooga A, Belmont A, Rhodes D, UT Chattanooga B, and UT Knoxville A. Uh, And there were certainly some interesting things in this one. I think the biggest one is probably Eastern Kentucky A uh, not getting out. That's a surprise. They're the 76th ranked team in the country. And just two years ago in LA, they won five and a half ballots. Uh, they had a high CS of 19. It wasn't like what we were just talking about with rice having a 23 CS, but 19 shows that you played some tough teams. Uh, so I thought that was surprising. I think that was the biggest thing that I noticed, uh, coming out of this regional drew anything else. Catch your eye.
0: Uh, I mean, obviously you've got roads, you know, Rhodes is pretty good at this activity and they sent two teams through and, uh, not hugely surprising them as a, Small liberal arts college and just trying to be like Rhodes. Uh, but UT Chattanooga getting two teams through, definitely good for them. UT Chattanooga has kind of slowly crept into this routine of they make it to nationals as their A-team. And, and it's, they're not necessarily one of the most talked about programs, but they they have made it a routine for them to make it to nationals so regularly. And that's really shouldn't go unnoted. They're a really strong program and should not be overlooked also, Vanderbilt definitely making a comeback this year after not making it out last year. It's, it's good to see them getting things back on track and uh and having such a strong showing in this tournament uh, with an 8-0 performance, obviously. That's leaving no doubt that last year was a fluke and that this is a definite return to form for them.
3: Yeah, I, I think I agree with all of that. I agree with the part about Rhodes, especially Rhodes D getting out. Not surprising, but still worth noting. Uh, And then the only, I think, major... I don't know if surprise is the right word, but Belmont getting out. Belmont mm-hmm, is on rank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was good for them to to come into a tough region of the country and playing some tough teams and, you know, to get out at it, five and a half wins, which, you know, and they had a pretty strong CS and positive point differential. So that's always fun to see when you see a program that, you know, probably uh, still on cloud nine from getting that first bid. Uh, so that caught my eye as well. But otherwise, a lot of programs that are pretty strong, you know, in the area. Uh, and then which... um. Which Miami team? I'm looking 1023. You had a Miami That was C, I, I think. think you're Gotta right. be. Um Yeah. So Miami C uh having four and a half wins. Uh just shows you their program still strong that their C teams threatening. Uh, you know, if they'd snagged one more half ballot, it looks like they would have snuck into the top seven. So, you know, but generally the teams that you expected to get out got out here. Well,
0: we are moving on to the Midwest and we are looking at Minneapolis now. Minneapolis was a massive 32-team regional. We had a couple of those this weekend. Uh, Minneapolis had eight bids, starting with Minnesota A, then Chicago A, then Carthage A, then St. Norbert A, Carleton A, St. Thomas A, then St. Benedict's, then University of Minnesota Duluth. And... To me, this was a rather surprising one. Definitely surprising to not see Chicago B making it through. Um, again, you know, Chicago is just one of those programs. So we expect every Chicago team to be making it to Orcs because they are that good. And definitely seeing their B not make it out was was a surprise. Um, and we have a lot of these younger or less well-known programs making it out. Um, and that that's always great to see. I, I love seeing that. Um, I think it's... I've always gotten the two St. Thomases a little bit confused between one in Houston, one in Minneapolis, but uh, both of them made it through. And looks like if your name is St. Thomas, you're feeling pretty good right now. Um, so that's definitely great for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ben, what are you thinking over here?
3: a lot of the same stuff you this is i think the only regional you know we the last two weeks of, um, these episodes we've talked about like oh my gosh like everything's crazy and life is chaos and what's happening um and most of the regionals this weekend kind of return to what you'd expect minneapolis is probably the one where you're like oh something went a little weird right, there right. uh you know chicago beat got easily got an open bid with five and a half wins but like carthage is 228, Norbert, St. Norbert is unranked, St. Thomas, Minnesota is unranked, St. Benedict is unranked, Minnesota Duluth is unranked. And that's awesome for those programs. Uh, I am not here to take away from anything. I, I do think it's interesting that uh, I know why Claremont got the ninth bid when Stanford A had to move there, but you had a 32-team regional mm-hmm. with only eight bids. Uh, that's not enough bids for a third that that Minneapolis should have had nine bids. Uh, it just given the number of open bids that were created this year and it didn't probably didn't make a substantive difference just because I'm assuming whatever team. Um, yeah. I mean, McAllister at five and a half. I mean, he had three teams. Right. I mean, basically the whole first part of the open bid list uh, is sitting coming out of Minneapolis. I actually right. think it might right. literally be, you know, cause you had the three, five and a half win teams. That's when insane. you've got a regional with three, five and a half win teams, not get out there's not enough bids at that regional right uh you know and especially a five and a half wins with a cs of 17 and a half that's just that team should be getting that someone should be handing that team a trophy seriously uh and so i I think that's really the only thing that caught my eye here uh and you have to wonder look i'm sure all of those unranked teams earned their bids right i'm not trying to say otherwise but when you have so many get out. You have to wonder if the size of the regional combined with a smaller bid of the re- smaller number of bids for that size created a little bit of noise that that built a path for one or two of those teams to to get through without having to hit. And I, I haven't gone through and looked at each individual schedule, but I see a couple, like a few of those schools got through on lower CSs. And so, you know, I wonder if, I don't know if it would have or not, but if adding that extra bid would have changed the last out record in the tab cards, uh, situation around four and maybe changed up some of those round four pairings i don't know but either way it's an impressive accomplishment for each of those schools congratulations to each of them and it looks like basically everybody here who should have gotten a bid either got one or grabbed an open bid soon after
0: right and i mean just because you mentioned the 32 team tournaments if we add another bid i'm sure that everyone over at at Yale a is screaming that's us too that's us too but uh yes, yeah absolutely. i mean i think these these 32-team tournaments, they're just so massive, and I think that it's becoming a pretty common trend, and I'm not trying to overly generalize, but I feel like the the most surprising results we've seen have been pretty consistently from these really big tournaments. And the smaller you get, to a certain extent, the more they return to to form and to what you expect – and that makes a lot of sense in that when it's a smaller tournament, you can't sneak by with a uh, with a wacky record or with a wacky schedule. You kind of have to play a lot of the same teams, um, and it goes to this point about you know maybe we should revisit how big we're allowing some of these regionals to be. I mean, we've talked about a lot. We obviously just need more hosts in AMTA. but when we have these t- tournaments that have thirty plus teams. I think that it it causes problems with the pairings. I mean, I I just – I truly believe that you can't possibly expect it to be the same type of distribution as when you have some of these smaller tournaments. And I mean exactly your point. Three teams with five and a half wins, like that should be good enough to to get them a a trophy at, at regionals. And it's unfortunate that it's not. So definitely something to be revisiting, and, and it's been a common trend that we've seen this year of these really massive tournaments being some of the most surprising.
3: Yeah, it'll be an interesting discussion point, and there's so much discussion going on about our tournament structure that uh may as well you know add another piece of wood to the fire and, <laughs> and see what we get. Uh, so moving to Orlando, which was another big regional, wasn't quite as big, it only had 30 teams, uh, but it did have eight bids. And your bids out of Orlando in order, you had Florida State B, Emory A, Florida A, Florida State D, Georgia Tech C, Florida International A, Nova Southeastern B, and West Florida. Uh, So this was an interesting one uh, with the the eight bids. Uh, I think you had Florida State B, who I believe is ranked 265, um, Nova Southeastern B, who I believe is unranked. Uh, as well as West Florida, who I believe is also unranked. Uh, so you had a couple teams that uh, you know, maybe you weren't expecting to get through, and, and you did have uh, a couple of teams. I think the first one that stands out to me is Florida B uh, that maybe you expected to be on the list of bids. Uh, but nothing too shocking here for me beyond those few things.
0: No, I, I for the most part agree. I mean, we got a chance to talk to – To the good folks over at Florida International and hear about their experience. They're obviously really happy for them to see them making it through. Um, Yeah, I mean, Emory A and Florida A, that's not a surprise at all. I definitely think to me, the biggest surprise here is Florida State. Um, Florida State was a program that you. I say used to be. I mean, I'm talking two or three years ago was a really, really strong program that that everyone very much so expected to be, be sending two, three teams through. Um, and in the last couple of years, they've definitely fallen off a little bit. But to be getting, you know, a B team through so convincingly and a D team through, I think that they're really showing that they they are returning to that form uh, and they are they're looking like a very strong program and going to be a, a tough competitor moving forward. Uh, so definitely, I love seeing that coming back from them. And it's it's good to see new programs sprouting up, like we said, with Florida International, Nova Southeastern, West Florida. Um, but it's also nice to see some of those stronger programs returning to form. And I believe this is Georgia Tech's first time getting through. I could be wrong about that. I'm sure someone will correct me later on. But uh, yeah, I mean, Georgia Tech they've traditionally had a Someone really... Someone like the president of the American Mock Trial uh, Association. Something like that. Um, I mean, Georgia Tech obviously is one of the the best A teams in the country, and their B team has has historically done very well at, org, at regionals um, and at orcs as well. Um, but my understanding is that I don't believe their C team has really seen a lot of success. And maybe this is showing the effects of having pretty uh, important people involved in your program, and maybe they're really able to start building up that depth and Hopefully when a lot of these really strong seniors uh, graduate from Georgia Tech A, they'll they'll have laid the groundwork for Georgia Tech to continue its legacy of success.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know off the top of my head if Tech C has gotten out or had much success at regionals, but it, it's certainly no surprise to see them building the depth that they're building. Uh, other results here, I thought it was interesting. Um, South Carolina A goes 4-2-2. Two, and two. Um, I believe they eventually snagged an open bid, but they didn't get out and then earned bid. Um, I know them a little bit just because I've repped their regional two years in a row. They're good folks. And so I was happy to see uh, that they got the bids or they got the wins necessary to snag an open bid. They're a good program. I think they're 188th ranked team in the country. Uh, So good for them. And then, I mean, aside from that, you mentioned Florida state, you mentioned, you know, some of these top programs, so yeah, I think mostly to ex- what to expect. Uh it was interesting to see Florida State uh have one of their teams get through with an 8 CS. Uh as we say every time that we note this, you can only beat the teams you play and so we are not taking away anything from Florida State. Uh but that's you know that that's your your opponents averaging two wins. It it's just interesting, right, every time you see it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean Again, it's never to take away from a team's success. I mean, they still went 6-2, and two, but definitely, I mean, it's, it's always a caveat that we kind of have to give. So we're moving on to the bane of my existence, the Owings Mills regionals. Uh, ben, our host, hosted a whopping 29 teams at Owings Mills, and there were eight bids given out to Rutgers A, then a school that I don't think anyone's heard of called University of Maryland-Baltimore County A, uh, then Wesleyan B, then Stevenson A, then Fordham Rose Hill A, then Wesleyan C, then Lafayette B, then Havert... sorry, Fordham Rose Hill B. Uh, unfortunately, Haverford A uh, did not make it out. Uh, a couple other surprises Lafayette A and LaSalle A also did not make it out. Um, this was definitely, I mean, again, it's a larger regional. There's a lot that can happen there. Um, I. Can speak from personal experience when I say that we were frustrated by the end result that we had, um, having both of our two teams be four-no going into the second day and neither of them making it through was definitely frustrating. But it was a great tournament, well run, and the teams that made it out are all fantastic teams that I'm, I'm sure are going to do great. And I'm I'm trying to say happy for for all of them.
3: Yeah, I feel for you guys. True, I and you <laughs> and I talked afterwards, it, like. <sighs> it's tough it it i mean and you guys just got like so so i mean for most of you out there who probably haven't broken down um the the pairings right in in the way uh fate works true's 4-0 a team and my 4-0 a team hit each other in round three uh and that's obviously how it goes right two great teams who go 4-0 end up playing each other um and I got to watch a portion of that round. I never watch rounds. I'm never really able to subject myself to rounds, but I, I watched a decent portion of that. Of what was just a really great round between you know my A team, which has had some success, and then your A team, which just just you guys deserve to move on. Like straight up, full stop. Like you guys were one of the best A teams at that tournament, and you deserve to move on. And I know a lot of the people on your team well. Obviously, you and I, I know you well, but. I know several of your co-competitors and, and it always, it, it hurts not to see, you know, teams that you care deeply about uh, move on, especially when you feel like they deserve it. So I feel for you guys, Drew, but Haverford has had so much success over the last couple of years. And I think you guys should have your heads held high.
0: Oh, definitely. And I mean, I think that it's obviously not the, the The showing that we wanted to have, but I think that uh, it was great fun. I mean, for me, I, I thought that the round that we had against UMBC was such a fun one. Um, you guys have a phenomenal team, and I think that, uh, well, obviously it wasn't the result I wanted. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with it. I think that uh, you guys deserve to move on, and I'm, I'm glad that you guys are. I do not have a bone to pick at all about that round. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, just to go to some of the other teams this regional, because I don't want to dwell on us too long. I definitely think that um, another team that's a bit surprising was Seton Hall. Seton Hall has made it through to Oryx, Me- I, I think, all three of the last couple of years, at least the last two years. Um, and they, they only had a 4-4 four and four record, and they did not make it out. So that was a bit surprising to see for sure. Um, I think Wesleyan, I mean, that's now two years in a row. In which Wesleyan has gotten all three teams through to orcs. That is a really, really impressive feat, and from such a small school like Wesleyan, I'm really I, the, I know a lot of people over there. They're great, great people. They got Spamta for a good reason. They're a phenomenal team and a phenomenal organization, and I'm I'm really happy to see them growing out their depth that much. And then the the team that I think we can't not mention is Stevenson. I mean Stevenson was one of your co-hosts, Ben, and they're a program that hasn't historically had a lot of success at regionals, and then all of a sudden their A team's pulling through with a, a really strong six and two showing. Um, and they are a a team that people may not have heard of, may not have seen before, but from personal experience, they are a team that should not be overlooked uh, going into Oryx. They were really, really strong, and I'm really excited to see some good things from them. They're coached by good people, and they are. I'm excited for Stevenson and I'm really looking forward to see how they do.
3: I was so happy that they got through. They deserve it. And, you know, we spend, obviously, we only know uh, firsthand what we're able to experience with our respective programs. I, you know, we've been hosting with Stevenson either. I think this is our fourth year in a row hosting with them in some capacity, co-hosted some invitationals and then co-hosted regionals two years in a row now um melanie snyder their head coach and miranda baxendale their assistant coach miranda and i competed against each other when she was at johns hopkins melanie and i have been working together for years they deserve this so much and i'm so happy for them and i know they were just over the moon and you know their b team even had a path to possibly get out they they had some tough competition on day two but um i'm just really really happy for them and i'm just gonna take a moment I guess a little bit selfishly to just say that I'm proud of them and I'm proud of the work that they did because I know how hard they worked for this. I know just how difficult it is to get out for the first time. And especially at a regional like Owings Mills, when you look at, you know, Lafayette, you guys, LaSalle and Seton Hall, all not getting out. uh, It is not easy to get out Mm -hmm. of any regional, but this was a tough regional. And I was just really, really happy for them uh yep. other things of note rutgers a going eight no um you know and the sun will rise tomorrow like yep. yeah. rutgers is great um you know we were really hoping to be right next to them at eight no and we we you know had a tie in round four but you can't you can't overlook rutgers they're so good mm-hmm. um you know mike Kleinman, you know double awarding like he always does and they're just they're a really fantastic program that i think is you know Hopefully on a path to Philly because they deserve to be there from everything that I've seen. So Definitely. I think that is about it from from Owings Mills overall. Um, you had some surprises, but then you know, not a nothing too crazy. I think.
0: No, I, I think that I agree. I think that like we said, we kind of touched on a couple of the the surprises, but um, yeah, I mean, overall, it's a lot of the teams that we kind of were thinking we're going to make it made it and about the records that we thought they would have. I, I I'm going to selfishly take a brief moment to just express how proud I am of not only the teams that made it up, but also of, uh, our B team. Um, I, I'm really happy for them and that they going for, no, the first day, the first day for them, like, uh, look, I get to do this cause I have a podcast. So I'm going to talk about them for a second. This was a team of all, uh, first years and sophomores. And they, majority of them had never done mock trial before, at least coming to Haverford. Um, I, I couldn't be happier with how they did. They worked so hard. And and to go 4-0 the first day, 0-4 oh, the second day, obviously unfortunate, but I'm still so happy for them. And I know that they're going to keep the program on the right path, and it, it brings me uh, – definitely it helps me to sleep better knowing that the program is going into good hands and uh and we have laid the groundwork and we have the people in place to continue success so really happy for them and uh for really to all the teams that did well there i i i'm just so proud of the camaraderie that i saw at that tournament i thought it was just a really friendly tournament and uh i mean I, i've said it before i think orcs is, is just the worst it's so cutthroat and awful and uh I don't know. This was definitely nice, uh, a nice tournament to go to. Just I thought that people were really friendly, and it was very amicable. And um, yeah, I was just really. It was a, a, a well run, and just a, a really, really fun tournament to be at.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll echo that last point. You know, pretty strongly before we move forward. It's it's such a pleasure to host so many of the teams that we hosted. Uh, you know. It, it, uh, I've already talked about Stevenson, but they do such a great, great job as our co-host. And and there's just we had so many coaches who were coming in, uh, and uh, helping in tab and just being really supportive and awesome. And you know, we didn't need end up needing any coaches to judge, but like there were tons of coaches who were volunteering if we needed people. And that's that's really cool to see. And it, and it certainly makes you know my program and Stevenson want to to keep hosting in the future. So moving to our, I think we're down to three regionals left. And so we just go up the East Coast a little bit up to Princeton. Uh, Princeton was a seven bid regional and we had in order Yale B, Boston College A, Tufts B, Princeton A, Princeton B, Boston University B, and Boston College B. Uh, And this is, I think, maybe the most predictable uh, regional that we had this weekend. You just have a whole bunch of A and B teams from strong programs. Uh, I don't have anyone that You know, it was shocking to me that that didn't get out. Uh, I do want to, you know, in the vein of what you were just doing, Drew, my B team was at this regional. My B team's gotten out the last two years and they didn't get out this year. Uh, My B team this year is seven people who are in their first year of college mock trial. I think they're almost all underclassmen and they're all brand new at this and They've been through a lot of stuff this year uh, without going into too much detail and they've really weathered the storm and, you know, they didn't get out, but, but I'm really proud of them. I wasn't at that regional obviously cause we were hosting in Owings Mills, but everything that, you know, all the reports that I got from my coaching staff were just that they, they just did a really, really awesome job. And so I'm just taking a few seconds. If any of them listen to this to just say that I'm proud of how hard they work and it's exciting. They won some great ballots and they lost some really close ballots and you know when you're we returned a pretty small class this year and so when you've got a B and a C that consists of almost entirely uh new people it you know you're able to look at it and go okay you know uh, they didn't get out and I like obviously that's a bummer because I feel like they deserved it I think they were one of the better teams there but I'm proud of what they did uh and and that's I'll get off my soapbox <laughs> on that but uh, I think that's overall my impressions from Princeton
0: yeah i mean Princeton was definitely about as expected as it, as they come um, I do think that it's important and significant to note uh, Yale B and making it mm-hmm. based on what we've discussed a couple times this means that the Yale a team as it existed at regionals will no longer exist in that capacity and uh, however Yale decides to divide up their their very talented a team um, is how that team will be divided up um, their B team obviously, left very little doubt with a very strong 8-0 showing. Um, but this was not the only 8-0 team there. Boston College also had an 8-0 record. And it's such a – I mean, it's not a mini-regional, it, it, but definitely – I mean, it's not one of the massive 30-plus team regionals that we've had. And having two teams go 8-0 is, is pretty unique. I don't recall if we've had any other regionals that have had two 8-0 teams. So definitely very impressive from Yale and Boston College and uh yeah I mean, the, to me this regional not terribly surprising uh, there were a couple teams with uh, i think sunny albany um SUNY uh albany had five wins and again they were ousted based on that that devilish OCS um with uh boston college but um yeah i mean for the most part it, it was about what we expected and not not any teams that i feel like got terribly wronged. Boston University's uh, their B team had a four wins with a twenty one and a half CS, fairly high, but uh, nothing too outlandish here. I think it pretty much is about what we expected. So moving on to the Seattle regional, we have Gonzaga A. Uh, sorry, we have seven bids here, uh, starting with Gonzaga A, then Oregon A, then Oregon B, then Oregon C. Then Portland B, then Reed A, and then finally Washington A. Uh now this was a interesting regional because it was supposed to happen two weeks ago on the very first weekend and uh it had to get moved to uh to this final weekend. I believe it was for weather reasons. But um, you know, it it's nice to have a little bit of extra time, but also I mean a lot of the teams probably have hotels, they've got a lot of things going into it, and it's it you know, I'm very impressed and and proud to see them all being able to adapt to that tough change in, in pace. Uh, but yeah, I mean, pretty much nothing too absurd. I mean, I think that Oregon getting three teams through is definitely very, very impressive. I mean, they had four teams there and their, their D team had a four and four record. So that's definitely very impressive from them. I would be intrigued to hear, uh, you know, if, if, uh, I would hope we could maybe talk to either the amp reps that were there. Having so many teams from the same programs, I'm guessing that some of those pairings with all the impermissibles they must have had got a little bit wacky, but I don't see anyone's schedules being too outlandish. Um, I will say that the, uh, the, the two, to the two top teams, Gonzaga and, uh, and Oregon, a both uh, managed to go six and O through the first, uh, first three rounds and got to play each other in the last rounds um (laughs) not they ended up splitting so looks like they were a deserving top two um which is always fun and nice to see but uh yeah i mean this was a about what i would have expected i don't know a ton about the the pacific northwest but i mean it looks like about what i would have expected to come from here i think washington uh, definitely a very strong program and for them to only get the one team with the automatic bid uh, ousted by, uh, you know, half point CS with their own team. Um, but I mean, that's about about what I would have expected from here.
3: Yeah. And, and we should acknowledge, I think most listeners out there know this, but there's a rule that says that because of just the geography of the Pacific Northwest and so many teams coming from so far away uh, that the two team per regional rule can be waived I think it's like 625 miles or something Mm -hmm. like that. And so that's why you had Gonzaga, Washington, and Portland with three teams there and Oregon with four teams there, which is obviously very, very different from what you would normally get. And I I do have to imagine that there were probably a fair amount of impermissibles in each round just because the odds of same school impermissibles are so much higher. Um, But yeah, no, that was really interesting. Uh, Oregon, you know, it's interesting. They're a strong program in getting three teams uh out is is not stunning but their a team is ranked 160 for first and their b team is ranked 223 so you know it's not like their their a team's top 100 uh and so i think that's a pretty impressive showing to mm-hmm. take note of with mm-hmm. them um we had uh, a community college if i butchered that name anyone out there knows that i apologize but they won three ballots at orcs last year they're the 175th ranked team in the country and and they didn't get out uh so that was a little bit surprising but you know, it, it, with this type of regional, I do have to commend AMTA. It It's hard mm-hmm. to put a regional out here. I'm sure it's expensive to get the reps out there. I'm sure it's expensive, uh, especially to adapt on short notice to the travel issues. Um, obviously, like in a perfect world, could you have two of them so you didn't have to waive that rule? Yeah, but there's only so many schools out there, and there's only so many schools within however many hundreds of miles you know, of each other out there. And so I commend AMTA for their work to make this regional happen. Uh, I'm sure it's a a challenging regional to make happen. So props to Washington for hosting it. Um, And other than that, there wasn't anything else that sort of caught my eye too much.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the last thing that I'll just add to this is that obviously Stanford transferring to the Claremont Regional uh, way back when and out of the Seattle Regional definitely was a loss of power from there and i think that that vacuum kind of uh, allowed um I, i'm not that any of these teams didn't deserve it obviously they all had very strong showings but um you know seeing the amount of teams to make it through from from oregon uh and then you know teams like reed making it through and uh and portland's b team uh, to me I, I i would say that not having stanford there definitely opened up at least another spot and it meant that it was one less team to avoid as as we all just, just talk about a team like stanford um in each round so that's definitely changed the optics over there but i i think that it it ended up with a pretty pretty strong pretty fair result
3: so we turn to our last Regional, uh, our last regional that we'll be discussing of any of the regionals this year. And that would be the Washington, D.C. regional hosted by the fine folks at American University. We're good friends with them. Uh, This was a seven bid regional. In in order, you have Richmond A, William and Mary A, American C, Howard A, Howard B, Penn B, and Patrick Henry C. Uh, Not a whole lot surprising here. You have a lot of the sort of traditional DC powers. Um, I think GW and American already got their bids elsewhere. Uh, American C getting out is, is interesting, but not surprising. American's been such a traditionally strong program lately. Same thing with Patrick Henry getting a C team out, certainly not surprising. Uh, and then I think the only other thing that I noted from here is that Elizabethtown did not get out. And so, I think this is only the second year that the World Cup bid, if you will, the auto bid to Nationals, if you get an mm-hmm. earned bid to Orcs, uh, will not be in play. Uh, it will be very interesting to see what happens next year with Loyola Chicago, but but with Hamline last year and and Elizabethtown this year not using that bid, um, you know that is that has not been in in play so far this year. But otherwise, nothing too surprising here, as far as I could tell.
0: No, I agree. I think this is about what we would have expected. Um, you know, obviously Howard getting two things, Two teams through, not a surprise. Richmond, William & Mary, these are strong programs. Uh, I, I do think, um, you know, we have to talk about it. The American C team had a CS of 10.5. U Penn's B team had a CS of 9. Definitely on the lower side of what we've, uh, we tend to see. Again, we've said it a couple times, you can only beat who you're put in front of. But it always just kind of have to note it that definitely on the lower side, um, you know, team like Howard, six wins with a CS of 20. You know, obviously, that's a, a very different record than six and a half with a CS of 10 and a half. Not that any of those teams didn't deserve it, but just something that we always like to note um, when we're doing these types of quick run throughs. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is about what we expected. Um, yeah, I didn't see any anything terribly surprising here. Uh, aside from those lower CSs that I mentioned, it's about what I thought. I, uh, the right teams made it through. I think.
3: Yeah, I think that's about right. I think that um, this regional is probably right in the sweet spot of being a good size, um, and you have some great programs, uh, programs like William and Mary who, and Howard, who have had very recent success at nationals. Richmond, that's such a strong program, um, and uh, I think it pretty much held the form. So that's our regionals review. We've had a lot of fun doing these. Um, and now we turn our attention to orcs. Uh, we've got a couple of, you know, we're recording this uh, f- the Friday before the weekend, <coughs> excuse me, before orcs. Uh, but obviously we've got um, nine orcs this year, which is an interesting change. There are only um, five bids from each orcs, and then there will be three uh open bids total you know from the various uh fields and so the first weekend of orcs which is march 8th through the 10th depending on whether you're one two one or a two two we'll have cedar rapids central islip geneva illinois and santa monica uh and then we'll have the other five the the next weekend so drew i'm i'm not super looking forward to dealing with the stress of works, but i am looking forward to breaking down what happens at orcs
0: Oh, for sure. And I'm excited to start getting some results in and and talking about them. But uh, hopefully everyone will be shortly coming into Philadelphia and getting excited for Nationals. And I'm hoping to stop by at least at some point and say hello. And who knows? Maybe we'll get to do a little live review of the final round. Who knows?
3: The thought has entered my mind. We'll (laughs) have to kick around the idea because I think that could be a lot of fun. Well... I think that basically concludes that everything that we need to talk about, uh, I, you know, on behalf of us, I'm mean, actually congratulations to everyone out there. Who's moving on to orcs. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting season. I think it is wide open mm-hmm. in terms of who's going to be heading to nationals. I think there's certainly going to be some surprises, especially with the five bids at each yep. orcs. Yep. Um, I don't want to say that out loud too many times cause I, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to get any sleep for the next two weeks as it is. And the more I think about that, the less I'm going to sleep, but, Uh, It's going to be an exciting season. It's been an exciting season so far, and I'm looking forward to see what happens next. Until then, until we talk to you guys in the future, thanks again for listening. It is always a pleasure to be with you. This has been The Mock Review with Ben and Drew.